It's the Pedro the Planner Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Ides of July, July 15th. Joined, as always now, by Kristen Alanius and Damian Dunn, no relation, co-hosts of the Pete the Planner Show. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Pete. Hello, Dame. I don't like that she's already cribbed my way of saying hello, Pete. She's she's already taken it. Kristen uh, is executing today's recording using a ring light as a computer stand. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, we were talking about lighting, and Kristen said, "I have a ring light," and Dame said, "Well, where is it?" She said, "My computer is sitting on top of it, and it's in its box." So, you know, well, you know. We'll Kristen, very good with finances, not so much lighting. Uh, Not a gaffer, if you will. Uh, Rick Swank, bringing that big Rick energy this morning. Good morning, our friend Rick. Dame, your background is looking good. We did make a discovery yesterday and a uh, a discussion that from an art perspective, there is a chance to take it even to a better level. So we will get there. Hello, Andrea slash Andrea slash Andy, you know. Um, all right. Hello, Danza. Good day to you. Oh, all, all the people. Guys, um, there it is. It is Andy. Are, are we ready for a show here today? Are we? I don't. Oh, hey, let's do a little housekeeping uh, behind the scenes, actually. Can you, can you just pull your calendars up, please? Yeah. I'm on vacation next Friday. I can't yeah. believe it. Can't really? believe it. Yeah. So we need to record the show next Thursday because I'm not going to be able to do a show when I'm on vacation. So we'll have to do a best of. So can you guys do a noon recording on Thursday? See, I already shut down a whole bunch of windows to make sure that my computer would run better. So it's going to take me a moment. Morning, Rochelle. Or is it Rachel? Not do that. Man, I there's so many names could be pronounced different ways that it froze me. Apparently pronounced could be pronounced different ways too with pronounced. I had a teacher in high school, an economics teacher named Cal Ewing, and that was his joke. He would say the word pronounce as he was pronouncing something either correctly or incorrectly. Uh, it's Rochelle. Rochelle. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, and it was a great joke. So Cal Ewing to me was the patron saint of high school economics. I, I, I've referred to him uh, on a regular basis. There's our friend, Julie J O uh, makes it into the Facebook live chat who will be at my home this weekend, drinking wine with me and her husband and my wife. Cause otherwise that got yeah. weird. Um, I, I absolutely can do uh, next Thursday at noon. Uh, it was just a, a, a little thing with uh, the notorious Craig P. Anderson that I have Ooh. on my calendar that I can skip. Look at your name dropper. Um, I have brought this up before on the show, and I was watching uh, an internet television show yesterday, and the, the idea of being name-checked into a, in, a, in a rap, mm-hmm. in rap lyrics, is uh, it's like a, it's a bucket list item for a lot of people. And it made me reappreciate the fact that I have been name checked in an yeah. actual hip hop album. And it, and it, I sleep better at night knowing that, that I've peaked. I'm not out here getting cuter. Um, and so that is good for me. Kristen, have you ever been referenced in a song? No, I didn't know that that was like a common goal. I didn't know what? that that's what I should be aspiring for, but I'll work on it. So what I thought we would do as we chat up Dame here is I'm going to find the song and we're going to play. Have I played it on the air recently? No. All right. Dame, have you ever been name checked? Of course. All the time. Okay. So that's a no. Yeah. I mean, you know how deep my hip hop roots run. Yeah. I feel you. (laughs) Um, I got to find the song now. It's Mr. Kinetic. Friend of the show. Job, he, job, job, yeah. it on. It's on his album Expressions. He is going to guest co-host the show at some point this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he is a principal at an ele- a middle school, I believe. Now, um, I hold on. I think this. Um, I think this is it. Hold on. That's not it. 
I got to tell you, the first time I heard him on your show. Go ahead. But is it going to cut me out? No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the first time I heard him on your show, I think it was before you and I had an official relationship together. And you guys were talking about the prospects of college for the masses of uh students at that point it was a very refreshing conversation so i'm love to have him back on he's a smart guy all right let's let's listen to the lyrics here for the peace throughout the barren lands throwing boulders too large to hide their hands see that there we can get paid it's how they looking at us not worrying about the core needs of the human being maybe i'm just seeing mr kinetic could be that i'm delirious but still serious never mind being a spectator see the hurt in folks it did occur to me that this might not be the right song I was wondering if it was or not. Uh, we'll I mean, see. it's. Am busted trying to settle on the restaurant. I ain't the only one, and we all just. I don't think that's it. He clearly has nothing going on the rest of the afternoon. I'll try this one. That's not it either. You guys, this isn't going well. This is awesome. So anyway, like I said, I am referenced on this song i can't find oh wait this is it <laughs> this is it this is it how many podcast listeners have turned off the show at this point all of them all of them Dan says. <laughs> okay stick with it this is it if it's in the last verse no it's in like the second verse but it's a good song this is for my people out here struggling, hoping they don't have to sit up in the dark again. Candles lit, singing songs with their closest fam, praying and looking for a better route time and time again. Generations and generations, y'all. This is a cycle, man. Our own wilderness wandering, looking to make amends. People divided, living selfish. They don't even help their fam or their friends. Got me wondering, yo, where's the love? And got a few folks moving and got a few folks grooving. And beat the planner, helping folks get their money and their lives straight. Peace to my fam, Barry Rodriguez. So I just got the chills. I just got Famous. the chills. That's that's nice, right? Yes. The weird thing is when he re when, when he released the album, he didn't tell me he did that. So of course, as a fan of his, I'm just listening to the album, and I hear it, and I almost wrecked my car. It was a really nice, <laughs> dangerous moment. <laughs> oh. Anyway, seems a little dramatic. Have you met me? <laughs> so you, you don't. You don't know how serious Pete takes this. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, it's like that. And then like my other like cool thing I've ever done is I've had a beer named after me. Like I've had, a, I've been name checked and I've had a beer named after me. And that's great. Kristen, if you had to just take a wild stab in the dark, at what a beer named after Pete would be. Be nice. No, don't make me do that. Yeah, no, you I have feel like to. you're setting me up to say something mean. I no, go no ahead. Idea. You have to guess. Is it, is it called? Is it something like to do with work? Like, is it just like some like money brew or something? Like, what is it? Kind of to do with yeah. work. What, is, <laughs> what do you mean with work? <laughs> well, I mean, it is a red ale, Danza. It is a red ale. All right, time's up. Frugal Ginger was the name of the beer. No, right Frugal there. Ginger. Here's the bottle. Frugal Ginger. Um, it, it you know it could have gone a lot of different ways, but it went Frugal could've. Ginger. Could have gone like Peter Juice or something like that, but it is frugal ginger. There it is. Did you have any input to that? Um, yes. At one point in time, I was joking with my friends that own the brewery, and I, I, I said something like, you should do a ginger uh, with like a ginger-infused whatever. And I was like, just call it frugal ginger. You name it after me. And they did. Uh, and then they didn't tell me, and then they did, and it was pretty awesome. I don't, this is really self-stroking going on here. The first several minutes of the show. Hey everyone, I'm cool. <laughs> Look at the things I've done. Were you named as one of Investopedia's top 100 financial advisors, Pete? Let's not do that. Okay. Let's not. I, I was not, by the way. <laughs> and I also am not an investment advisor. So what does it really matter? But Damien is, is uh, lobbying an inside joke out into the masses. Um, I gave a studio tour this morning to one of our listeners who happened to be in the building. Really? Yeah. And he's got an amazing name. I want to give you, like, I don't have a cool, Peter Dunn is not a cool name. No. 
Kristen Lanius is fine. It's just really hard to say. Damien yes. Dunn's fine. But are you ready for this name? Yes. No. Eddie Lux. Yeah. That's a good name. It's, it's an incredible name. It's a good name. You ever think about that? Like, you, you, not to put a lot of pressure on your parents who named you before they knew the pressure you're placing on them, but there's a lot of pressure on a name. Totally. Yeah. Eddie Lux. I mean, the last name Lux, unless he is a stage name of some sort, like he's a male dancer, I don't know what would sound bad with that last name. There's a professional baseball player for the Dodgers right now. His name is Gavin Lux. That's pretty good, too. Yeah. Where do you wow. store these facts in your brain? <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you forget a name like Lux? I mean, it's going to stick with you. It's a good I name. Guess. Yeah. Let's do a radio show. Um, oh, it's Potpourri Radio. Or it's Potluck Radio once again. We each brought a topic. <laughs> what? Potpourri. I don't know. What? Uh, whose topic should go first? Who wants to be the, the egg salad or the Does double it- egg? Does it matter what we say? No, no. Because last just, time you just did, <laughs> did what did you wanted. Yeah. Kristen, you're finally understanding what it is to be in a relationship with me. I'll ask everyone's opinion and then I'll just do what I want. Just do whatever. <laughs> I asked that's Julie, fine. who's going to be at my house this weekend. Uh, that's how it works. Um, would Dame, your topic is what? I have a question. What's it about? Stuff. Okay, this is going well. Uh, Rick, the question was, Lux is in plural of Lux, of Luck, or Lux is in L-U-X? L-U-X. Yeah. L-U-X. Good Lord, it's so good. <laughs> okay. Um, Kristen, what's your topic? Um, my topic was the more behavioral finance one. So in both of yours are more, I would say, like quantitative. So maybe okay. mine should go in the middle. All right, Pete. Mine Break is mine is about uh, expenses in conjunction with retirement. Do you try and pay some of them before or during retirement? All right, I'm the uh, I'm the I'm the deviled eggs. Uh, Kristen is the tenderloin, and Dame, you are the peanut butter pie, uh, Scotcheroos. Okay, <laughs> it's a Midwest luck. Fruit pizza. Fruit pizza. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, mom my mom used to make a vegetable pizza and, and and I hated it and I want to tell you what was on it it was pillsbury croissant mm-hmm. that was then rolled out into a disc mm-hmm. and then it was like a combination of like cream cheese and ranch dressing which was this white sauce on it mm-hmm. and yes. then she just put like raw, raw crudite on it yeah and 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 people were always like oh connie this is so good but here's the thing apparently she just knows liars it was terrible <laughs> it was all this she was like oh they asked me to bring my vegetable pizza it's like no they didn't they're setting you maybe up for other, failure maybe other people liked it the best dish my mom made as a kid uh when i was a kid she made it was called Russian chicken, which I, I don't know if this is a thing, but it was it was in a, like a Pyrex thing. It was baked and it was like chicken, apricot preserves and Lipton onion soup mix. Okay. And, and it was like a sweet and sour, tangy sort of just baked chicken. I mean, I think in retrospect, it was probably horrible, but I really liked it at the time. <laughs> There's Kristen, only one way to find out, Pete. I could try to recreate it. Yeah. I feel like it needs spice to come against that apricot or apricot. Yeah. I, I feel I like grew you up need in Claremont, Indiana. There was no spices. Um, Kristen, favorite dish your mom made when you were a kid? What do you think? And she watches the show. So, I mean, she does watch out. the show. Um, Breakfast, it, not a specific dish, but we did breakfast for dinner once a week when I was a kid. Mm. So good. I love that. Damon, what about you? Uh, I, I'm going to go a little different direction. My mom uh, baked a lot of stuff. Like, uh, she she baked bread. I don't remember. There was a long period of time that we'd never had store-bought bread. It was always homemade bread, and it was just delicious. Mm. Nice. Did she have a bread machine, or would she just like, this is pre-bread machine? Um, it, there might have been a bread machine at some point, but I know for a long time it was all manual labor. 
is there any truth to the rumor that she on her forearm has a tattoo that says the bread machine? <laughs> I can't tell you that, Pete. Okay. Unsubstantiated rumors. Let's start the show in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. And when we get your emails, which we did this week, we will read them. We will solve your the world's problems. Everything gets better. Inflation goes down. There's world peace. Everyone's healthy. And that's not true. Joining me, as always, is Kristen Alanius, Director of Education at Your Money Line, and Damian Dunn, who we are not related, according to 23andMe, who is the Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. And no, I have not submitted my DNA to 23andMe because I am fearful that someday I will be charged with a crime that I had nothing to do with because I accidentally left like a, a tissue in a, a wastebasket in a hotel in Oakland or something like that. But let's begin the financial show. Hello, Kristen and Dame. How are you? Hello, Confused. Pete. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I mentioned at the top in the pre-production meeting, I have had a tremendous amount of caffeine today. Oh, really? All right. So people, I got an email this week that I answered in my uh, IBJ column, I'm an Indianapolis Business Journal column. And it was this guy whose daughter is going to college in the fall and his portfolio is down 30%. And the deal with this is if he uses the 529 plan or whatever the, the vehicle is and, and sells it when it's depressed in value with the pay, which are currently only paper losses, then that's problematic because then a lot of their savings and growth they've had over the years just disappears and they'll, they'll never get that back. And he does have some cash off to the side. So the question came, do I just pay this year with cash in hopes that my portfolio uh, revives itself over the next few years? And my answer to him was yes, absolutely. And clearly he's suffering from sequence of return risks. And clearly he did not keep an eye on time horizon. But Kristen, I got this other idea. What if, and <laughs> I do mean if, what if the same scenario happened to someone who did not have cash and they felt like solving the problem by taking out student loans, despite the fact that they have the cash to the side where they could just pay off the student loans in totality. Once their portfolio recovered, I will hang up and listen. Well, it depends on what state your 529 is sponsored by too, because I believe, was it the SECURE Act allowed you to use $10,000 in 529 contributions or $529 rather to pay off student loans, but not every state adopted student loans as a qualified education expense. So I think first it depends on where you live. And I don't know if I should or shouldn't assume that they live in Indiana, but Indiana is one of the states that did not do that to my knowledge. Wow, you just blew my mind. I kind of knew that, but I had forgotten that. And then and I realized this is why you co-host the show. Dame, uh, generally speaking, borrowing money to let your investments recover, generally not a good approach. I mean, that's a, it's, a, it's a weird type of arbitrage that we would not necessarily recommend. Uh, but I was trying to extend this idea of using cash that is otherwise not is going backwards from purchasing power from an inflationary standpoint, use that to pay for tuition. And then uh, the other part of the email the guy sent me is he's got a son that's five years younger. So I don't, I'm not worried that he'll have too much money in his retirement <laughs> or his college funds. I think part of the decision would come down for me is what type of loans are they able to acquire? I mean, if, what sort of uh, federal loans do they get? Are they subsidized? Are they unsubsidized? Do they have to dip into private loans. There's, a few different aspects there that could influence a decision rather significantly. So you look at the options that are on the table. Is it the cash? Is it trying to dip into some some loans? Um, just go ahead and take the hit on the 529, which I think is the the least attractive of, of all those opportunities. Because you're right, given a little bit of time, it's going to come back. You know, we have I, no idea how long that time is going to be, unfortunately, but they do have the option potentially if they are outside the state of Indiana or if Indiana changes their law on using some 529 funds to pay off a student loan. Um, they could potentially get some subsidized student loans as well that, that would minimize the uh, the impact of, of that decision as well. So 
it's a really uncomfortable decision that they're facing, but it's one that uh, with some some planning and some foresight might not turn out too poorly. Kristen, I want to do a little thing that we like to call math on the radio. I'm going to give you some math on the radio here, and I'm going to just read from my column. Allow me to oversimplify this for you, Kristen. Allow me to mansplain this to you, like Please. the use of a ring light. Let's <laughs> say you need let's say you need thirty thousand dollars for college this year. Okay, let's say you need thirty thousand dollars, and at this time last year. That was equivalent to 30,000 shares of whatever investments you have. So, but we've done the math already. That's a dollar per share. Okay. Yet now, a year later, it is depressed in value, paper loss. It is now has uh, fallen to 70 cents a share. Okay. It's fallen to 70 cents a share because it's 30% loss. So, if you still needed $30,000 for college this year, whereas last year would have cost you 30,000 shares. It's going to cost you a lot more shares to get your $30,000 out this year. It would actually cost you 42,857 shares because the shares are valued at 70 cents and not a dollar. So once it recovers to pre-fall levels, then you are saving 12,857 shares. So by buying yourself some time, by buying yourself some time, you're actually theoretically, air quotes, saving $12,857. And yes, I oversimplified that. Uh, Kristen, do you see any problems? I, in this, in this situ situation specifically, they do have the cash available. You're saying they do. Yeah. Well, and then we kind of touched on this last week too. I mean, uh, depending on their income level, there could be tax credits available, American opportunity tax credit or lifetime learning credit, depending on kids ages. So I don't think that cash flowing a little bit is a bad idea, especially if they have a second kid. We also talked about that last week. The odds of you having too much money in a 529 as you have more children, the odds of that continue to decrease. Dame, any additional thoughts there? What if they put off college year? <laughs> is, that a, is that an option? I mean, it's a dumb option, but yeah, it's an option. Why, why would why would he put off his kid's college? Curious if, if that was if they were on the fence about going to college in the first place, potentially give that account a little bit of time to recover. Let him try and figure out uh, or her figure out what are, what they want to do. Maybe go get a full time job. And there's plenty of jobs out there at the moment. Make a little bit of money, and maybe this problem solves itself. Kristen, we are now going to play a game called Role Play on the Radio. You're going to be my 18-year-old daughter. I'm going to be yeah. your father. In this scenario, you really want to go to college. You are have been accepted. You're ready to matriculate within the next 30 days, and I have some news to share with you. Okay? okay. Uh, and Christy, I, I have some news for you. Um, <laughs> the investments I have made have not gone the way I wanted. And despite the fact that I do have cash off to the side, I have a different solution. I need you to not go to, to Damien State University next month and instead just hang out for a year and, and work at a, at a tanning location. So what do you think, Christy? Uh, aren't you supposed to be like a financial planner? No, no, no. I'm How your father. Yeah, I know that. Oh, oh, yes. You're um, still. <laughs> this isn't about me, Christy. This is about your stolen dreams. Anyway, and scene. Dame, I don't know. I don't think that's the move. It may not be, but you may not have all the details either. Maybe that child is is very on the fence on whether or not they want to go. Now, this show is recorded live on Fridays uh, at 10 a.m. Eastern, generally speaking. And so between the segments, if you're following the live show or if you listen to the podcast, you get to hear extra stories. So as we head into this first break, I want to tell you, the radio listener, what you're missing by not listening to the live stream as it happens. I'm going to tell a parenting story, a real life in the moment parenting story that's going to be told here in about 20 seconds. Until that time, coming back, back after the break, a behavioral finance topic from Christy. All that's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I get the feeling I'm going to crash later today. Does anyone else get that feeling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just hoping to make it to the end of the show. Hmm. I think I know what story you might tell because I almost tried to interject and let Kristen give you this response. No, I don't think you know. I mean, it's as okay. fresh off the Go presses. Ahead. 
Oh, then I have no idea. What what did you think it was? I didn't, uh, didn't one of your kids tell you one time that you need to get a better job? Oh yeah. No, that's a regular basis. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) My one, one of my children has a number of friends who, whose parents, um, spend their money differently than we spend our, you know, one of the, uh, we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll go that route. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like a more opulent situation. (laughs) And so, uh, that is often, that judgment is often passed back my direction. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It wouldn't have been nice to have Christy give you that, that advice too. I know. All right. So here's the situation. My daughter, 13 year old, going to be an eighth grader wants to try out for cheerleading this Mm -hmm. fall. Now, I have no problem with cheerleading. And and as the records might reflect, I was a male cheerleader my senior year in high school uh, because I chose not to play basketball, which was a tremendous amount of fun. And there's a number of stories that I will not even share on the podcast. <laughs> However, I want to note, I have no problem with cheerleading. Now, Mrs. Planner, on the other hand, uh, doesn't necessarily have problems with cheerleading. But uh, my wife is a former uh, All-American college athlete, would like to say, people cheer for me. Right. That's sort of the, that's sort of the vibe that we're dealing with here <laughs> anyway. So, um, so my daughter wants to travel for this, but she already is doing two other things. And so tonight Ooh. is the big conversation of honoring your commitments and, and not signing up for too much. So you start missing things. I don't know what direction it's going to go. I don't know where the outcome is going because we're trying to have some autonomous, uh, you know, uh, growth going on here. Any advice, Kristen, you're, you're the closest to being a 13 year old young woman. Um, (laughs) any ideas here? I, as someone who regularly puts too much on my plate and then Uh, like quarterly has a meltdown because I put too much on my plate, I, (laughs) I absolutely would have loved or would love for someone to be like every once in a while, be like, Kristen, do you really need to do this? Like, let's really think about how busy you are and maybe like use an example of something that she has had to miss out on and be like, if you take on cheer, you have, you know, X amount of time less for something else because as an adult, she might struggle speaking from experience. Yeah. Dame, now you almost have a 13 year old daughter in in your house. Um, Any, any advice from you? Uh, none that's going to be helpful because I have the opposite problem. My daughter only wants to do one thing and one thing alone. Uh, so I, I, I ask her to try and go try other things and haven't got there yet. So our coworker, Oz, the other Olivia in my life, um, is in Ollie's camp. Go figure. The Olivia's are aligned. Go figure. All right. Um, Kristen, are you ready? I am ready. I have what you sent me, and so I'm going to set you up that way. But okay. you're serving the dish, so I hope you brought a slotted spoon. <laughs> Remember, it's a, it's a potluck. Should you go get a Miguel before we start the segment? <laughs> I don't want my heart to explode. <laughs> she was the tenderloin. What does she need a slotted spoon for? The sauce. I don't know. I, the, <laughs> I don't, the sauce. <laughs> uh, Dame, what do you put on your tenderloin? If you're going to have a tenderloin, uh, breaded, breaded. I mean, we're okay. We're, we're. Uh, mayo, lettuce, tomato, cheese, bun, cheese, yeah, yeah. cheese and pork, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. So lettuce, tomato, mayo, and what else? Cheese, yeah. Okay. Uh, Aqua Greg in our office says I'm very food judgmental. He said that this week. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, what do yeah. you put on your tenderloin sandwich? Mayo and onion. Mm. I am yellow mustard, uh, onion, and pickle. That's, that's too much sour on pork. Yeah, but pork is so fatty, you need the acid to cut it. What did Greg call you again? Judgmental. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Can't believe it. Well, I'll just say this. There's a tall water drinker in our office that this week disclosed, dropped a bomb in our office this week and said, not a dog guy. You're fired. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
What? Anyway, he said he likes dogs, but he likes other people's dogs. He doesn't. He finds dog ownership, pet ownership in general, to be um, uh, in impractical, um, unpractical, impractical, impractical. I used to like Greg. Yeah, no, everyone does. Greg. And and then as as Jad said, he's got big puppy energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. And three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, I was talking to my coworker, Kristen Alanius, this week, and it occurred to us that sometimes we don't talk enough about financial psychology here on the show. And so she, she posed the question, um, when you tell someone to budget, that's not easy enough because you have to learn how to make yourself budget. Like you, you have to motivate yourself. So, uh, Kristen, how is a person supposed to make themselves budget when it's something that people simply don't want to do? You have to know yourself and your personality first, because if you, for example, if you call into the line and you talk to me or you talk to Damien, I can tell you what works for me. And actually I think if each of us could maybe share just to give examples of like how we find money, like or budgeting or our spending plans to be motivating, I think that'd be great. But I think that there are two books, actually, if you don't mind, that I would recommend. Um, I think that you should read Atomic Habits if you <laughs> if you are having trouble with the motivation to budget, not the logistics of actually budgeting. Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's an oldie. It's a goodie. Um, and then Gretchen Rubin wrote this book called The Four Tendencies, which is all about how you find, I guess you would call it accountability, whether that's external or internal. And both of those books have been so influential in my life, not just in money, but in other areas as well. And I think starting with some of that like psychology personality hacking is the best place to begin and then building out your, you know, habits from there. Yeah. Dame, you and I could weigh in on how we have to hack our own budgeting situation. I know Kristen will as well, but Kristen, I want to ask you something here. I think where people get lost on this budgeting topic is and, and and we'll just call it the moderate to moderately low income level. They'll say, okay, I, I I hear you that budgeting may be practical for me. However, I have such uh, a, a small margin for error that that doesn't motivate me to budget. It, it makes the whole thing seem even more tedious. Do you think what you just said and what we're going to talk about here of how to make yourself budget? Do you think it is impacted by the amount of income a household has? It is absolutely impacted by the amount of income that your household has. And something that I firmly believe is that you owe future you some of the work that you're putting in now. So even if this process is not the most fun or if eating green beans for dinner so that you can be in better health when you're 80, like those things aren't always the most fun, but you owe future you those things as well. And so I think putting in some of that work now, even if it might not feel like you have a whole lot of influence on that bottom line. It's about the building blocks that future you deserves. Yeah. And, and again, Dame, I'm going to involve you here in a moment, but this just made me think of something. We had a new coworker at start this week, right out of school. Let me just right out of college first job. And it hit me this time around in a completely different way than I, I, we've, we've, we've hired people right out of school before, but I don't know where it is. Like maybe me getting to be older. I just, starting your first job and making the right decisions from the jump from a financial perspective is I think what Kristen's talking about. It's this idea of doing your future self a huge favor. And I just got tickled this week thinking about, man, this person can set themselves up forever with the decision that is made in these five days this week. And, and like, that is, that is fantastic. So Dane, when you think about budgeting, do you think about the future self thing or how do you hack to make yourself do what you know you need to do? I think it's a combination of uh, a couple different things, thinking about present needs and, and future needs as well. Uh, usually, and you and I budget very, very similarly, where we try and uh, identify all of the goals, the, the financial goals that we need to address and take care of. 
and we set those up whether they're through automation or you know their dates on the calendar wh- whatever it is we know those are taken care of and then we spend out of the the remainder of of the income for the month when i know that something's changing uh then i i fix it uh, i fix what i've currently got going on adjust and, and go forward but uh, i try and keep bigger goals uh in mind uh to motivate me uh, and also um you know, it doesn't you don't have to look too hard around the house to to find other goals. You know, they they run around and they swim a lot, so I, I know that I've got to you know take care of them too. So uh, I keep uh, keep the things that are most important to me uh, well in focus and make sure that I know that I'm doing everything I can to to achieve those goals. Sometimes you hit them, sometimes you miss, but if you miss, it's not the end of the world. You have to make sure that you uh, give it your best shot the next month. Make the adjustments that you need to 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 get you closer to a better shot at success the following month because just because you you think you may be able to spend x amount of dollars on whatever segment of your budget doesn't mean that's reality you may have to take a fresh look at things every once in a while see how prices have changed uh, see how your goals have changed maybe build your budget from scratch and it doesn't have to be a um a restrictive experience it can be a, a very uh you know informational and guiding experience. Kristen, how do you hack your own budget? I hack my own budget. Like I hack every other aspect of my life and it has to be a daily task. It has to be every day. So I use a budgeting software that makes you review your transactions. It uses AI. And so it pre-categorizes everything for me, but it makes me say, yes, this is for sure where this should go. And every morning before I start work, I sit down at my computer five minutes early and just say, yep, these transactions are correct. Um, and then look, it takes me five minutes before I start work. And I know that if I if I don't do it every day before I know it, it's been a month and I haven't looked at it. You know what's fascinating about this conversation to me? And I hope people come away with the same conclusion. The three of us, are all very technically the top percentile of money experts on the planet. Like we, we are just, just the, it's simple math and, and we're, we're they're not 99.9. We're 99.999. Like we, we, we're at the top of the top from a percentage standpoint. Kristen does it every single day. I would never even c- consider that personally for how my behavior works. Mine's more on the line of dames. Like I just take care of what's important and then it's a free for all. Right. And, but the only guardrail for me is we, I don't use a credit card, so I can't possibly go backwards or I, I can't get into trouble that way. Dame is, and I know when we talk to people through your money line, um, they're shocked to learn there's not just one way to budget. I mean, there's, there's several and, and, and I guess that's what your team does on a regular basis is ask the probing questions that helps us understand which method to subscribe for them. Yeah. If there was a silver bullet on how to budget, uh, that book would have been written and the author would have be on a island in the Caribbean by now. Uh, there's just no one consistent way. Sometimes people need to uh, walk into budgeting a little bit. Maybe the the whole idea of giving every penny that you earn a job is just too overwhelming, but they know they really struggle in one or two areas. Well, you know what? Let's just focus on one or two areas and we'll figure out how to keep track of that, how to make sure that you're staying on top of it, that uh, you can you know, call us for the accountability when you need to. And if you don't have access to us, then you know, hopefully you can find somebody else uh, in your life that you trust and that will be kind and empathetic to you when, uh, when, if you fail. Um, but there is no one specific way. Some people will want apps. Some people want spreadsheets. You have to figure out what works for you. Just like Kristen said, you have to know yourself in order to give yourself the best chance of success. Kristen, I think you need to write a book called The Different Ways to Budget. And I will I publish the book. Don't know about that. What, <laughs> what don't if you we know just about talked that? about me taking on too much, remember? Oh, okay. Well, Damien, you do it. I'll get back to you on that. I would. I'm going to be at uh, middle school football games this summer uh, or spring, uh, fall. Uh, Okay, listen, coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. Damien received an email this week uh, addressed to someone else on the team. And it is going to be uh, a retirement question. We are going to hit that next uh, on the Pete the Planner Show. If you missed anything, grab our podcast, the Pete the Planner Show. We'll be back right after this. That was the worst outro I've done in six years. 
Oh, it wasn't that bad. By the way, two things. Praise, (laughs) praise, praise, praise. Number one, Damien's intro into the segment last week was fantastic. Yes. It was so good. So good. I heard it on the radio, like happening. It was nice. And Kristen uh, is on a a newish project this week. Just killed it. It was so good. And so you guys are both the best, and I appreciate you. Um, And that's why I think Kristen will come back and intro this next segment. So, um, <laughs> uh, Danza says, uh, re on the calendar. Wait, I don't know what that says. Uh, re on the calendar paid my car registration one day late due to a calendar error. Unbelievably salty over that time wasted $24. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, regarding on the calendar. Yeah. Got okay. Um, Dame, are you going to read this email and everything? I, thought that's usually how it worked i know i know it's been a minute since we've actually had questions but i'm trying to bring them back since we open every show saying we answer your questions i thought it might be really nice to answer questions Details. someone's getting someone's getting lippy you know what i mean yeah. doesn't feel like that a little bit lippy that's why i was like oh. uh, sue me for having an opinion good lord Probably. it's escalated we <laughs> can't mess with a guy like that because he's taken three Krav Maga lessons. D- Dane would definitely win in a physical altercation between uh, me and him. I mean, definitely. He's got sort of some inner rage that he would just been building towards me specifically that would come out on my face. You know what I mean? Kristen, what about you and I get into a fight? Who do you think wins? You're, you work out a lot more than me. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm tough. No. Well, well <laughs> what am I? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just bothered by the cheese on the tenderloin sandwich. I don't think I'm going to be able to get over that. It's okay. not good. I mean, like American cheese or like Swiss. I Swiss could. I Swiss could work for me. That's not American cheese. <laughs> but American. Ooh. That would be be interesting. Uh, we're a very narrow focused cheese house in our American. So it's Colby Jack. Cheddar. Oh, Colby Jack! You know, you buried the lead there. Colby Jack is a versatile cheese. Mm-hmm. It still doesn't go on a tenderloin. I feel. Okay. It feels like it'd be a little waxy to go on a tenderloin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you might have a point there. I think Swiss might be the move. No cheese. I think I've got some provolone in the fridge. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, you got an email this week. Uh, retirement question. So uh, wh- why don't you uh, dazzle our ears with your voice? So here's what happens. Uh, I know we open the show every week saying uh, we answer your questions. And then sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. And sometimes... You know, uh, I think we need to answer questions. And when I don't have any in front of my face, I have to go, well, I have to go look for them. And this one comes courtesy of Reddit, Pete. I had to go to Reddit to find a question that I wanted to answer this week. So the judgment for between, between segments of how we don't answer as many questions from email has now carried on into the segment. And you yeah. wanted to start your topic by throwing us under the bus that we don't answer enough questions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we need to answer questions. I think people like questions. Uh, people watching us on the live stream right now, go ahead. Do you like us answering questions or talking about uh, whatever Pete brings to the show? Dear go Kristen, ahead. I'm getting close to retirement. Five years, if I'm lucky. 62 years old. I've invested and saved my whole life. House will be paid off in a couple of years. Then no other big debt, according to Reddit. Everything is coming to a head. With my house, though, roof is old, furnace AC is old, carpet old, kitchen old, wife old. I added that. Rest of my appliances are aging out. Trying to hold off on spending with the current market. What would be the best way to pay for all? So you went to Reddit to find financial questions to answer? Yeah. There's a lot of financial advice on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's all really great. What would be yeah. the best way to pay for all of the updates? Didn't Thunder Kitty give stock tips on Reddit? Remember that guy yes. that's mm-hmm. okay. What would be the best way to pay for all the updates I will need? Start withdrawing out of IRAs at 59 and a half or 
uh, investments. Take a loan out. What kind of loan would be the best? Fix everything in one shot or knock out one thing at a time. Currently putting money aside for the inevitable to take away some of the sting. Looking for guidance. Thank you. Retirement ready. Reddit.com slash who cares. Dane, what do you got? You know, I think I did a fine job finding a question for us to answer. Anyway. Kristen, how would you deal with this, do you think? I This goes back to money behavior. If this is someone who has saved diligently and they might have their house paid off before they're retired, I might have a slightly controversial opinion in that I don't hate a home equity line of credit. In, in that specific situation. I know, I know it's controversial, but I I don't totally hate the home equity line of credit. If this person can stay within, like these are the repairs that have to be done now. So like the, the furnace goes out in the winter, you have to get that done. Uh, the roof starts to leak, we have to address that. And then if they are going to, again, if they're still gonna be mortgage-free before retirement, it's a relatively low monthly payment, interest is pretty low. I don't love it, but in this situation, I that might be where I defer, depending on some other behavioral questions that I would love to be able to ask. Yeah, Dame, I'm looking at the, all this thing the guy says are old. Um, that's a lot of money. I mean, I, I'm looking at least fifty, sixty thousand dollars here, right? Probably. So, taking fifty six, fifty to sixty thousand to start retirement taken out in cash. I mean, it's almost like a version of sequence of return risks because you're taking out so much. So what do you think? I, I think there's uh, potentially some hope uh, for this individual because they said they, they hope to retire in five years, but the house is going to be paid off in a couple. That means they should probably have three-ish, maybe a little more if, if, uh, if things are going okay at work, where there's going to be no house payment. And they say they're already setting aside money to try and take care of some of these things. So there's a chance they may be able to cash flow a good, a fair amount of these things. Not certainly not all of them, but you know, if you can get some of these major ones taken care of, get the roof taken care of, get the furnace taken care of before you retire and then piecemeal some of these other things as you go, whether that's uh, with maybe RMDs as, as you get much older, if, if they can make it that long, or maybe your um, expenses adjust dramatically in retirement, and you just don't uh, spend as much money as you thought you were going to. And there's maybe some more money available between uh, you know all your income streams. You may be able to do a little bit at a time and get through this. So I'd really like to know a little bit more about uh, what resources are available, what the, the house payment is that, that's going to be going away. Uh, and how likely they are to be able to take care of some of these things just through going to work and getting a paycheck and taking care of some of these other debts. Yeah, Kristen, I, I, I'm getting my head around this home equity line. Let's say it's 50,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. Take out a home equity line, 50,000 bucks, and you set the payoff, you sort of amateurize it over whatever work years you have left. So it's completely paid off on the day you retire. That could be interesting. But I, I think it's the open-endedness of a home equity line that gets sort exactly. of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, paying off $10,000 a year for the next five years on home equity line plus interest, I, I, it's conceivable. I'm a little worried when a person says, I've invested and saved my whole life and then gives us a couple of good things. But then they says they say, I, I want to retire in the next five years if I'm lucky at 62 those seem like conflicting things or either that, or they're just very modest because you can either do it or you can't. Where's the health care? I would say health issues possibly uh, as well. Yeah. The home equity line of credit is not by any means a perfect solution. And I do think that I would love to see them cash flow more, but I do also believe that that line of credit, if you have the behavior, if your behavior is really grounded, having access to, okay, the furnace went out and I feel comfortable dipping into half of what I've saved or whatever. Um, and then being able to come up with the other half and then make payments on that home equity line of credit. I do think it could bridge the gap, but again, it's not a perfect solution. Dame, isn't the bigger question here or the bigger, uh, talking point, 
how people as they approach retirement often don't do the regular maintenance on their house and then it all accumulates yeah. into this horrible moment when you don't want to get rid of cash. Deferred maintenance can absolutely be a huge issue for individuals who are looking at retirement in the you know over the next couple of hills, five years away, trying to make sure you're getting everything taken care of, that your savings is going to be in the right spot. And then, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to have 20, 30, 40, $50,000 that I have to get into my house is soon as I relatively can, because that income stream is not going to be there. Uh, at least the the income stream of, of me going to work and getting a paycheck is not going to be there in retirement. So, you know, nobody likes dumping money into their house uh, for, for maintenance type issues, but it is absolutely critical that you're not going to sally yourself with potentially huge expenses as you're going into retirement. That's going to be a drain on the the assets that you've worked so hard to set, set aside. You know what I often we, see? Go ahead, Kristen. We saw a lot of that through the really low interest rates on the line. Lots and lots of people doing cash out refis um, in order to make necessary repairs to houses that they hadn't been able to do. And so those low interest rates for a lot of people in our anecdotal experience were a band-aid um, to this, this problem that we're talking about. So this person, even now that interest rates have creeped up, of course, recency bias, they're still pretty low, but they don't have quite that same opportunity either. So that's an added kind of hiccup in their situation. Yeah. You know, I, I think too, uh, if someone is wants an option to leave their home after retirement, right? They want to move into a different home. Let's say they don't want to leave their home, but from a long-term healthcare standpoint, they need to go somewhere else. That deferred maintenance, just it's a ticking time bomb. It gets worse and worse. It, it's hard enough when you're trying to uh, you know, manifest your own destiny. It's a lot worse when y you run out of choices and you're backed into a corner. Dame, then you even get into stuff like reverse mortgages and how, oh my gosh, what a nightmare deferred maintenance is there. Yeah. I was actually going to suggest the one thing that we haven't talked about is potentially a reverse mortgage. If, uh, if there's no other way to pull this off, that that could be a solution. But if your home is not properly maintained, you're not gonna be able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm getting a reverse mortgage to properly maintain it. That should equal out. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week and current events right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, Reddit. Yeah. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> Yeah. Should we go to Jean Chatsky's uh, website and get some questions that people have asked her? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. What we should do is let's let's play a, a Dave Ramsey podcast right here on the air, and then we'll see what questions he gets, and we'll answer those. <laughs> That'll be fun. Okay, that's good. Can I keep my six shooter on my my desk beside me too? I have no comment. All right, let's. Um, Damien, uh, lots of people have been asking what is in the barrel. Uh, what is in the barrel you have uh, behind you? Is it still there today or do you move it? There it is. Uh, I don't think you told us on the show last week. I think you've told us after the fact, you told me after the fact, what have you put in the whiskey barrel on your desk? What is on the whiskey barrel on your desk? I've got a high West double rye in there. High West double rye, delicious rye whiskey. Kristen, rye whiskey? No. No chance. Definitely not. No, no chance. She, like, she likes Mexican bourbon. Yes. Tequila. Mm. Mexican bourbon. White lightning. White dog. <laughs> okay. Um, so here I have a, I have a little bit of a, a, an issue here. I, I got a manual submission for biggest wasted money of the week mailed to our office this week. Mailed? In an envelope with clippings. Oh yes, and I I I, 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 I want to show it, um, and it's a good one, <laughs> but I also like another one that I have digitally, and so like I, I might do both. I might. I, what What do you think we should do? We Let's have do to use the one that someone mailed. Uh, th that one goes That's first. Incredible. But it... <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let me do some some origami. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. But the thing is, I don't know who submitted it. It was in a, it was, it was addressed to Pete the Planner in our office address here. Okay. Uh, from, mailed from Indianapolis on July 9th. So that narrows um, it down. Yeah, that narrows it down. There was no name? No. And and so they, they clipped it out of a, a magazine, a catalog or something. And then they, then they went to the internet and printed it off in a larger view for a picture for us to share with people. So, all right. So we're going to do two biggest waste of money of the weeks. Are they angling for a producer job? I don't know. They didn't, go to, they didn't go to Reddit. All right. In three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week here or on the Pete the Planner show is, well, it is user listener submitted. This was uh, uh, something that was nominated for biggest waste of money of the week. Someone mailed this to our offices here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I don't know who mailed it, but it came with the following note. Hello, Pete. I really enjoy your show, but the best part is biggest waste of money. I found this in a catalog. Can you believe it? You can have a lot of fun with this. And I believe this person is right. It's the Madam Claus Christmas hat. Show your holiday spirit in vogue. Festooned with gilded velvet milliner's blooms, dark lace and ostrich plumes, this North Pole couture is sure to endure generations of December frolic made in the USA. So I'm going to show you a picture. By the way, that copy is hot fire. Am I, I mean, right? Yeah, that's good. That is unbelievable copy. All right. So there is the Madam Claus Christmas hat. Oh my. I'm showing this uh, to the live streaming audience. Uh, Dame, what would you pay for a Christmas hat of that quality? I got to tell you, that's way fancier than I was envisioning in my head. That that's got to be, um, I, you know, Kentucky Derby hats are really expensive too. Yeah. So that's like Kentucky Derby squared. That, that's got to be a five hundred dollar hat. Kristen, a uh, person who does not put cheese on a tenderloin sandwich, what would you pay for that hat? Uh, three fifty. The answer you can have it for the suggested retail price of eighty nine ninety five, <laughs> and the sale price of sixty four ninety five. It wasn't will, a catalog. We should have I, one extra biggest waste of money of the week: a vampire slaying kit. While not definitive proof that vampires exist, whoever built this vampire slaying kit took them very seriously. The kit was first owned by Lord Haley, born in eighteen seventy two, and the administrator of British India from 1924 through 1928. Inside the unadorned velvet-lined wooden box is everything one would need to ward off and or kill the undead. Several crucifixes, a bottle for holy water, mirror, hammer, and stake, Biblery, rosary beads, and candlesticks. When the kit went to auction, it was estimated at one price, but the bidding war took off and the hammer came down. At yet another price, whether for historical or practical purpose, this is one of the most interesting pieces of antiquity to appear in quite some time. Let's also note, it is a lot of fun to say the word antiquity. Damien, what do you think this vampire slaying kit from the 1800s sold for at auction? Five grand. Kristen, what do you believe it sold for at auction? Fifteen. Twenty thousand dollars, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to kill the vampires in your life, it would cost you twenty thousand dollars. Dame, what is in the news this week? Imagine for a moment you're the proud owner of a brand new BMW 5 Series. One chilly morning, you try to flip on your luxury sedan's heated seats, and nothing. Your frigid rear end sees no relief. That scenario isn't out of the question. BMW is now selling heated seats and some other basic features as monthly subscriptions in some countries. Owners who don't pay up won't get access, even if their car came with all the necessary hardware from the factory. The move comes as car companies push to make their money uh, from software in their vehicles. Through subscriptions and the like, automakers intend to generate a steady stream of revenue up to tens of billions of dollars a year, some say. And that continues long after the car is made and sold. A handful of car websites noticed this week that heated seats and a heated steering wheel popped up as monthly subscriptions on BMW's South Korea site, and it appears they've since been removed. However, The Verge spotted features on the menu for BMW owners in Germany, the UK, South Africa, and New Zealand. 
heated seats, a subscription to them, Pete, cost around how much per month? $19.99. Kristen, any guesses? $17. $18 a month with additional options for one, three, and unlimited terms. Heated steering wheels, 10 to 12 bucks a month. Some other subscriptions BMW has on offer. Automatic high beams for $12 a month and adaptive cruise control with lane centering for $42 a month. See, this reminds me, like, I'm going to go home tonight and be like, hey, honey, I just want you to know um, my husband duties for an extra $6 a month, I will do a really good job mowing the grass. For an extra $3 a month, I will bring the trash cans in when I'm supposed to. And for $2 a month, I can also provide hourly foot rubs. Like, I, I feel like that's just like you, you can't break down what is expected. Uh, this is this is honestly should be the biggest waste of money of the week. I'm infuriated by this story. I didn't even tell you the most egregious charge they're possibly considering. Apple CarPlay, $80 a month. Oh, my. I, I'm not a BMW guy, but I will never purchase uh, a BMW based on this. There's no way. That's crazy. That's yeah. terrible. One of my it's, friends it, sent me this article just today, and he put, quote, you'll own nothing and you'll like it. And I was like, yeah. man, is that the truth? Dame, what else is in the news this week? Retirement savers are willing to put in more work, literally, to keep Social Security afloat. Nearly six in 10 people under the age of 55 said they'd work two years or more to keep Social Security funded, according to a recent Bank of America Research Investment Committee survey of 2,500 savers. Two-thirds were under 55, and more than three-fourths had incomes below $100,000. All right, before I read the next bit, let's play a game. Financial Jeopardy mixed with prices, right? I'll read the question. You write down your answer. Closest answer without going over wins. Are we ready? Kristen doesn't have a pen. You can tell by the look on her face. But it's I really probably in the it. probably in the ring light box. Yeah, I couldn't see her face because it's not well lit. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right. Uh, this is the percentage of people aged 35 to 44 who plan on retiring by the age of 67. Again, this is the percentage of people aged 35 to 54 who plan on retiring by the age of of 67. All right. I have my answer written down. Uh, Kristen, uh, ooh, since ooh. you don't have anything to write with, we'll make you go first so you can't change your answer to be better than Pete. Go Good. ahead, Kristen. I was going to say 25%. 25% is Kristen's answer. I'm Peter going aggressive. Dunn. You can't see it. 72%. No. 72% of people plan on retiring by the age of 67. On average, respondents said they already plan on working until 68 or 69, and millennials or Gen Z plan on working to save longer. Just 8% of those aged 35 to 44 plan to retire by age 67. I would just say that was a terrible guess by me. And also <laughs> a, not equally bad, but somewhat as bad from Kristen. But this is also why we're in business. Like this is, this justifies everything. It is so. 8% of people in that age range, which I'm in that age range, say they're going to retire before 67. It barely. You're barely in that age range. But yes, just 8% of people. This is why some of these retirement readiness and retirement confidence surveys, I like to read them just to laugh and not at people's misfortune, but how unrealistic people are. Yeah. That's absurd. Totally. I, I, they must have had it. I know there was 2,500 people on that survey. There's no way that's an accurate sample. No way. Okay. Kristen is not in that age group. Uh, no. Nope. Kristen, do you believe that you will retire prior to age 67? No. What? I mean, because, but, because you won't be able to or because you don't want to? Oh, I, I would hope that I would be able to because otherwise maybe I shouldn't be on the show. But like, I'm not, I really doubt it. Like, what would I do? Come on. So that's not a, so, so Dame, is the survey about life choices or is the survey about financial security? That's a great question that I probably should have looked at the survey for, but I just read an article. <laughs> Do you find it on Reddit? No. This has been a wonderful show, everyone. 
I appreciate it. Uh, here's what we encourage you to do. Go to uh, find the Pete the Planner podcast wherever you might get podcasts. And you can listen to what happens between the segments, which is sometimes interesting and sometimes that makes people question why they listen to us <laughs> at all. You can also watch live stream show 10 a.m. on Fridays on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. That's all we have time for this week. Sending you good vibes because good vibes happen to be all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. All right, y'all. Can you please pull up Rick's comment? Better than an electrical issue and it catches on fire and burns your five series to the ground. <laughs> I see that Rick, too, may have also owned a German vehicle. <laughs> Yikes. Rick says cars in general are going to end up being subscription in the future. Once electric cars uh, end up the standard in the U.S., it'll end up being a monthly cost just to be able to drive it. And then a cost for mileage over a certain point. That's why I'm so never getting rid. Perpetual um, lease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to continue to roll coal. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would, I, you know, I would pay $2 a month to see you sit in a lifted diesel truck and just absolutely roll coal. That, okay. that would be amazing. We will end the show here because I have a meeting. But uh, Kristen, what car yeah. for me to drive gives you the funniest image that brings you joy? What what car, me driving it, getting out and be like, hey, I'm glad we're here at McAllister's to get your sweet tea. What car would make you laugh oh, the most? Oh, a Duramax. Yeah, absolutely. What's a Duramax? <laughs> I, I know it's a serious question. What is a tur- what is a Duramax? Is that like a coffee filter? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's exactly what it is. It's what a, is a Duramax. It's a diesel Chevy pickup truck. Jameson shows up at the show. He's like the guy that comes to a party as you're kicking other guests out. And he's like, Whoa, hey, hey guys. And he doesn't even have a bottle of booze with him. Jameson. You don't know that. He might have a bottle of booze with him. That's true. That's why he's late. Uh, Dame, I assume a Duramax is something manly. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a diesel pickup truck, that, if, uh, Chevrolet in this case. Okay. Do you agree with Kristen? That's what I would look the most ridiculous in. It's up any there. Diesel, any diesel lifted 35-inch wheels on, tires on A dually on it. would be bad, yeah. Yeah, dually and, and uh, painted in a very aggressive paint scheme. Yeah, like yeah. flames on the hood. I'm with you there. Uh, all right. So I get to pick one for Dame. A Vespa. A scooter? An Italian scooter. That's baby Valid. painted baby blue. I, you know, I kind of dig them. I, I'm not opposed to Vespas. They're they're pretty cool. A Miata. <laughs> he would like that too. <laughs> Dame will drive anything. Dame would be able to see over the windshield probably. Yeah, but- the new Miatas are really, really sweet, especially the uh, retractable hardtop. All right. How about Kristen? I can see Kristen driving about anything. Uh, Kristen in a Ford Probe. <laughs> was, she doesn't even know what that is. <laughs> are they older Saturn. than me? Yes, they are older than you. They were originally marketed to, I think, replace the Mustang, and they were marketed specifically to oh, women. So. Yes, that's that's good. Wait. I had never, I will just go because I, whatever is coming out of my mouth next is <laughs> not worth it. All right. So um, let's, let's end this menagerie. Um, Kristen, have a good day. Dame, uh, and enjoy surfing the deep parts of the internet. Uh, everyone else, stay getting money. <laughs>